You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. I'm your war weaver, Tyler. <laughs> Uh, and I'm I'm I mean I I feel like an atrocity tourist at this point. Uh, Dave, that's a, that's a pretty powerful title. <laughs> you you select me in the RPG, and underneath my name that appears in brackets. Yeah, is my title. Dave, atrocity tourist. Be a pretty <laughs> good YouTube channel too. It's my yeah. rank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, we're back this week with a, the second part of a two-parter, so if this is your first episode in... Freybug is not completely settled. Uh, if Fre- this is your, your first... Yeah, intern Freybug thought we were finished, because she heard the sign-off from last week's episode, and now she is <laughs> trying to emotionally recover from the fact that this is a two-parter, as <laughs> are we. So, <laughs> if this is your first episode um, joining us... Uh, welcome and go back one. That would be uh, otherwise, wild. <laughs> this will not make a lot of sense. Um, no guarantees, regardless. But <laughs> right, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, so today we return to the German folk tale "Dwarf Long Nose," suggested to us by Kid Chaos, Piss Baby, or Bust. Uh, this is uh, a... <laughs> actually you may need to go back too. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Just start at the beginning. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck Good out luck. there. It's we'll, wild. See we'll see you in ten years. <laughs> um, so this is a Wilhelm Hauf tale. Uh, Wilhelm Hauf being a, a fellow who lived to 24 years old in the early 1800s. And boy, boy did he accomplish with his life. Um, and this particular translation, as a reminder, is sourced from the most radical fairy tale source on the internet, fairytaleswithaz.com, and uh, supplemented with the one that has fewer typos and some interesting additional details, uh, but also is missing a lot of the uh, in-depth explanations of the radical site, fairytales.biz. It's more demure and professional cushion. A quick recap for those of you who don't want to listen to last week's episode again and have forgotten it, which includes us. It's been five minutes, so it's all purged from our heads. It's all Um, gone. Last week, uh, we met a cobbler and his wife who had a beautiful son named Jacob who went afoul of the wicked fairy Urbina. Who likes herbs. Who likes herbs, but not the herbs his mom was selling at a vegetable stand. She's uh, particular about herbs. I don't know how much she actually likes them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe it's just an excuse to cause problems. Nor did she much care for Jacob's salty uh, defense of his mother's business. Uh, and she rewarded him with seven years as a dream squirrel who became a master cook. 
Uh, and then when he regained his human form by finding uh, the same herbs that put him to sleep and into squirrel form, uh, he has awoken as a 15-year-old, 8-year-old tall dwarf <laughs> with a long nose, no neck, long arms, big hands. Everybody laughs at him, uh, and he has been rejected by his parents and listener, you might be thinking, wow, Carmen's really rushing through this recap. That's skipping over a lot of stuff. No, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's the story. I referred to it in the first episode, first episode uh, as the most folktale folktale <laughs> you've ever read. And it continues today. Mm. So, after his parents... Uh, beat him out of their house because he appeared to be doing a swindle mm. uh, he was kind of left with no food all day or night because no one's being all that helpful to him um, and he had to sleep on the cold steps of a church and when he woke up the next morning he decided well if this is who I am I need to find a job <laughs> <laughs> All right, some practical kid. Yeah, like, look, his his mom clearly had a good head on her shoulders, knew her business. I think part of the reason why she insisted that he come work with her as opposed to his father, who we learned last episode, is very bad at business, is to yes. maybe give Jacob a little bit of a, a leg up on life, uh, some practical advice, and a good work ethic. Uh, as opposed to his father, who just kind of cobbles away at whatever he can find and insults Whatever is in cobbling range. <laughs> and does not plan for the future. Um, so he had been offered a job from the barber to be basically a wavy arms, inflatable wavy arms man outside of a shop, but he finds <laughs> that demeaning. Um, and he also doesn't really want to be like a sideshow exhibit at a circus, which is the other, like, clear job for someone in his situation at this time. Um, like, he has his dignity. But he also remembers, I have had years of squirrel chef experience. And I've not put it to use. Mm-hmm. And finally, a, finally a chance to use my degree. <laughs> my squirrel degree. <laughs> Then he remembered that the duke that owned this country was very fond of good living. Mm. Yeah, so here he we goes go. there. Yeah, the duke of this country is fond of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's unlike, unique to this duke. Unlike mm-hmm. every other duke, this duke really enjoys some good living. So he goes to the duke's place, and he's immediately laughed at by the porter. But he persists. This is a charismatic kid who will not take no for an answer. Um, So he's led through a crowd of jeering servants to go at his request to see the chief cook for a job interview. The steward of the house comes out because of all the noise that the servants are making. So he whips all the servants who are jeering and making comments and yells at them for disturbing their master's slumber. I believe it's late morning early afternoon at this point so the duke also sleeps in <laughs> who's do- who's doing the whipping the steward okay i thought that uh 
I thought that our squirrel chef was uh, taking initiative. <laughs> like, no, like, like, like in that penny arcade where he's trying to deliver the coffee. <laughs> he starts just starts harassing that guy, like as a form of like this is this is these are the standards of employment that I can be expected of that exactly. can be expected of me rather, and I'm, I'm furious at uh at your other employees for not being as rigorous. <laughs> now Jacob's still in like good boy ready for interview mode he's got to make a good impression his his mother taught him at an early age that like everyone in a company is important okay and you you treat the like receptionist just as well as you would treat the ceo uh, especially if you're going in for a job interview so he's he's still behaving himself quite well it's the steward who has come out and is beating everybody for like like disturbing um yeah. their master's super late sleep yeah. Uh, so they all point at, at Jacob. At 1.32 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they all point at Jacob by way of explanation. Uh, and the steward is also tempted to laugh when he sees uh, this fellow. But he decides it's beneath his dignity to lower himself to the level of the other jeering servants. So he whips them some more and he invites Jacob to come in and, and talk with him. Oh, boy. Uh, so Jacob asks to see the head cook because he wants to apply for the job, and the steward says, "Well, surely you'd rather apply with me, don't? Didn't you come here to to be the Duke's jester? Like you're super qualified. <laughs> Never like, seen looking, someone so qualified. <laughs> I'm looking at the resume written all over your face, and I'd which, say which, you're like, come which on, as some, which as someone who is very skilled at something that is not being a clown, that must be very demoralizing. Oh, to him. Yeah. for sure." <laughs> Um, I do actually appreciate Wilhelm's treatment of this character, like how everybody is is being a real dick to him. But no, this is a fellow with a lot of skill, and he is not going to allow himself to be dicked about by these assholes. Like it, it, it took him a while to to catch on to what had happened to him. But this is one of one of your better protagonists, I think. This, yeah, this like kid. he's 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 got his boundaries and he's going to keep them but he's not going to be an ass about it about it right like he he learned from his dad what not to do (laughs) i learned from watching you and thank heavens for mom (laughs) um so jacob just says very politely no i'm i'm not interested in that position thank you i am actually a really talented chef i am particularly great at pastries and I was thinking I could perhaps be of use to your head cook. Like, pure professionalism. This guy is on fucking point. Just radiates class. Oh, I know. Like, so... Like, he's not even trying to come in and be like, I'm the best cook or whatever. It's like, hey, I have a skill that I think could be helpful. I have identified the a need in your company that I feel I could fill. His mother taught him very well. Yes. Um, so the steward's like, um, alright, well, like, honestly, weird choice. Like, just to level with you, the jester job is a cushy-ass gig. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, a dick with you. This is a legitimately good job. You pretty much don't do anything. Like, no work at all. You just exist. And then you get nice clothes, a lot of good food, um, and you can just kind of hang out. Like, that—that that is the job. 
But if you would rather toil in the kitchen for the Duke, then fine. Um, I will warn you, however, the Duke is used to, like, Chef Ramsay and Bobby Flay up in here, so <laughs> I don't know that you're going to qualify for that. So I'd like you to keep this other job on the back burner. I feel like you'd be great at it. All right. The, the steward is also being relatively fair. Yeah, like, I guess. I, At least a straight shooter. Yeah. I appreciate that he clarified that the jester job, he didn't mean it as demeaning. It is just, it's a cushy gig. It's fine. <laughs> um, so he brings him to the cook, who is, as most people are, an asshole, and laughs at him. And um, Jacob maintains his composure and is like, no, seriously, give me a challenge, cooking challenge. Anything goes. Eat my soup. Like I will, I will fucking. And then try and laugh at me. <laughs> I will play Food Network star. I will play. Um, what's the one with the baskets and the pan- the mystery pantry ingredients? Um, chopped. Yeah, he'll he'll do a chopped. Like whatever, whatever you want to throw at me. Give it me. I will. I will cook for you. Bring it on. Uh, so head cook is like, yeah, sure, whatever. I could I could use a laugh today. This kitchen is awesome. Like, there are 20 huge stoves. There is nope. a stream of clear water that also serves as a fish pond flowing through it. This is a kitchen with its own creek. You fucking Holy fish shit. in the kitchen? Holy shit. It doesn't get fresher than that. <laughs> <laughs> the cupboards are made of marble and costly woods, and there are 10 large pantries that feature international cuisine. Whoa. The only way it could get fresher is if you, there was like a boiler under the lake and you just turned it on and occasionally boiled all the fish in it. <laughs> That's for feast times. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is like the Iron Chef kitchen of, of folklore times. Uh, so a servant comes down and gives them the Duke's breakfast order because at like, I don't know, 2.30 p.m. he's finally woken up. Mm. Uh, and the Duke wishes for danish soup and red hamburg patties for breakfast oh soup i can do yeah he's he is rad at soup you know i can you can envision the camera angle <laughs> sweeping <laughs> around to his face now danish soup and red hamburg patties are the um the radical version of the duke's breakfast order uh in the business version it's Heilberg dumplings instead of the hamburg patty um mm. So that's what we're we're dealing with there. So you get to choose whether you prefer radical or business. But the soup is the same. The soup is the same. Okay, that must it must be the the plot critical element. <laughs> uh, so they set the task of breakfast on Jacob, and they say you'll never be able to crack the secret Hamburg patty recipe. <laughs> so we have a fucking SpongeBob SquarePants episode in the middle of this. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so, so Jacob, who had often been called to prepare these exact dishes when he was a squirrel, says, oh, there's nothing easier. So he asks for the specific list of ingredients needed for that exact soup, and then also the list of ingredients needed for that patty. Um, but he requested those in a whisper to the steward and the head cook, because he knows oh. it's a secret recipe. So Jacob is like, look at him go. Yeah. So attention to detail. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he also requests an additional herb from what <gasps> they expect. The radical oh, name for this herb is Trencher Man's Mint. The business name for this herb is Marjoram. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason there's a reason we rely on the radical source for for our information. Well, the bus- I can't believe it's not mint. <laughs> the, <laughs> the business um version of the story changes all the herb names to be like real ones. No, well that's boring. Versus the folklore ones chosen by radical version. Um, yes. I have also, some fun with it at least I mm. am amused also that a small subtle change in here the radical version Trencher's Man's Mint the head cook is like shit man you must have learned this from a magician because those are the exact ingredients but I never thought of adding that mint I it is brilliant <laughs> like it's, it's going to add I, I love that particular story device <laughs> Like, that's he doesn't gonna... even need to taste it. Just like the yeah. thought of it is like, unbelievable. Oh, man, you're fucking onto something. Yeah, you're right. Like that will completely. This was missing some. How, level how did of balance. I? How did I never think of this? It just catches his breath for a second. But the best part <laughs> is that the business version that changes it to margarine. The cook is like, I've never heard of that. Huh. So. And the radical cook knows what's up, and business cook has not heard of marjoram. So, <laughs> wow, that's what that's what we're dealing with. You pick your favorite version of the story. <laughs> I think the answer is clear. Yeah. Um. So the steward's like, "Well, you seem like a dead ringer for the jester job, but let's see what you have when it comes." Like, I guess you at least. The cook stopped laughing, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna watch what happens. Um, so Jacob needed some accommodations for his height, and they provided that. And then everybody watched in amazement as he like skillfully and single handedly prepared both of these dishes. Um, he ordered the pots put on the fire once he had the stuff together for it, and then he like. It's this very dramatic scene where he's watching them and he's like, all right, now remove them. And they take it off and it's exactly the right <laughs> moment for the soup to be perfect. Um, and everyone's very impressed. It's extremely dramatic. It's a shoku geki scene where everyone keeps their clothes. <laughs> um, so um, then he, he begs the head cook to have a taste of the soup. And the cook takes a gold spoon, because of course he does. It's a fucking fairy tale. There's only one metal. Um, and and the soup slaps. This is this is the best soup. The soup is off the chain. Yeah, like, you you can't even imagine. The soup um, is a steak. M- much, much as Lovecraft <laughs> could not properly describe, you know, what these monsters looked like, this author <laughs> cannot explain how good this soup is yeah you just you would have to be there um so the steward also took a taste and because this is continuing to be a shokugeki episode he then strokes his waistcoat gently with delight which i believe (laughs) is folklore for his clothes explode off of him with joy (laughs) he gets a nosebleed yeah (laughs) and he told the head cook oh man you're good like the Duke hired you for a reason, but this is some next level shit that we are experiencing right here. This man just beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so they send the Duke's breakfast out. The head cook is about to go have a talk with Jacob, probably some kind of hiring orientation discussion, uh, when the sure. Duke sends a message requiring his attendance immediately. So the, the head cook gets dressed up in his finest garb because you don't just go to a meeting with the Duke. You do have to dress up fancy for it. Sure. And the guy's like, all right, this breakfast knocked it out of the park. Who, like, I know that you're the head cook and all. Who did you put in charge of this one? Because I also know what management does, which is tell other people to do things. <laughs> um, and he wants to tip the person who actually prepared this breakfast with some ducats. Oh. So the cook is honest, tells the whole story of this dwarf who came in and, and just like beat it out of the park. Uh, and the Duke's very surprised by this. And he sends to, for Jacob to meet him in person. Um, so Jacob gives a sanitized version of his history that does not mention being a squirrel or getting cursed by a witch. <laughs> Just basically like, my mom used to sell vegetables and then I learned how to cook from an old lady. That's for the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Jacob's a, a pretty sharp former yes. squirrel. It's a shrewd decision. How old is he at this point? He's 15, I believe, because he was All eight right. and then he was kidnapped for seven years. So if I'm mathing correctly, he should be about 15. All right. Um, so the Duke offers him a job immediately with a full salary, a uniform. The parameters of the job are this. You will get a salary. You'll get a uniform. Uh, you are, your responsibilities are to cook breakfast every morning. I want to start my day with this shit. Uh, you are to superintend dinner and take over kitchen management. <clears throat> Does he it, put emphasis on soup when he says superintend? Yes, of course he does. <laughs> Just um, for effect. <laughs> With a little wink afterwards, too. All right, I, like I, how, did. I like how solemnly you said all of that, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is an inevitability, and I'm not happy about it, but I do must have to point it out. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, now, I did warn the both of you in cryptic messages leading up to this that the Duke is a very much a Duke. Yeah. And here's... Here's the point in the story I'd gotten to when I sent that message. <laughs> this is a direct quote. As I always prefer to name my servants myself, I shall give you the name of Longnose, and your position will be that of second head chef. <laughs> don't, don't even bother telling me your name. I'm going to come up with one. <laughs> the most folktale. <laughs> Fucking Duke treating his servants like a dog he adopted from a shelter. Like, I know they called you Penny, but you're Scruffums. <laughs> I'm gonna call you Soup Nostrils, because that's what I remember about you. <laughs> soup and Nostrils. So, Long Nose, as Jacob is now known, is thrilled with this arrangement. I mean, yeah. Who wouldn't be? He's also so good at his job that even the Duke's whole personality changes as a result of his hiring. <laughs> hmm. But not the part about renaming him. No, that part no, sticks. No, no, no. He's long nose forever now. Um, so the Duke had a history of throwing plates and dishes and bits of meat or meal uh, that he was not happy with at the cooks who didn't please him. Hmm. So, like, he'd, he'd throw a leg of lamb at someone if he found it too tough. And just chucked plates regularly. Wow. Uh, he would he would always pay for his fits of temper afterward. How so? With ducats. 
Oh, oh, isn't like literally, literally compensate pay. people yeah. for throwing things at them? <laughs> not cosmically. I can't. I can't tell if that's a good thing or not. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting detail here. Like he apparently has legitimate trouble controlling his impulses, but he is able to feel remorse about it, which is more than most of the royalty we have ever met. Right. Um, and compensates with further impulses. Yeah. <laughs> rich, yeah. rich first just, just of a different variety um but everyone's still like this this keeps them employed but it it does keep everybody on edge all the time because this yeah, is yeah this is an abusive work environment yeah uh the duke now took five meals a day instead of three just to get a little bit more of that sweet sweet long nose cooking wow um, he had never yet been dissatisfied with a meal. He's in very good temper, getting fatter by the day. I was going to say. Yeah, five, five meals a day is a lot. Um, and he occasionally shares meals with Jacob and the head cook, which is a huge honor. Because he's a, he's a duke, so like eating with him is, of course... Good gracious. Yeah, you don't get it better than that. That's high living right there. Uh, Jacob is now the wonder of the whole city. And he's the next Food Network star. Oh, man. Because people Company actually want to watch him cook. This, this is a, is a you know, Hercules situation. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a star. But people people come and, and watch this man prepare food. Like, you, this is the ye old folk tale Food Network that he is doing. <laughs> God. Um, First, person of the week in every Greek opinion poll. <laughs> <laughs> Head of all the cooking magazines oh and a couple goodness. of the like Vogue ones as well. Yeah, a um, couple of the not cooking magazines. <laughs> he he did a, a a sexiest man of the year, uh, Se- also- sexiest dwarf of the year, etc. <laughs> he also taught other cooks, and they paid him very well for the privilege. Uh, but he always divided the money between all of the cooks on staff because he did not want to get jealousy brewing because he knows that. that I, w- I was gonna say, yeah, that makes he a hostile was, work environment. He was gonna be in some trouble with the the previous head head cook. Yeah, so uh, he's he's, he's keeping sharp. everyone happy. Yeah, yeah. This is a sh- this is a shrewd fellow. Uh, so he's two years into this job, and it's it's a pretty good time. He does miss his parents. That's his one complaint. But uh, beyond that, like, you know what? Let's let now. Let's be completely clear about that. Yeah, he misses his mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, man, I wish my mom could like see and appreciate everything that she helped me be, and I wish my dad could see what he could have been if he listened to my mom ever about his own <laughs> business. Yeah, like early on in the marriage, his mom probably tried really hard to like to get that cobbling business on its feet, and he was very much like, nah, I know cobbling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know cobbling. Like, Are no you a else. cobbler? You're not. Like, go sit. Go go to the kitchen. She's like, fine, I'll start a garden. I'll keep our family fed. And then she gardens so good that she was able to make a side business. But yeah, he still sees it as her like LuLaRoe or, or uh, Mary Kay kind of thing. It doesn't, the, the real job's the cobbling. She's like, yep, of course, dear. Uh, yeah. Here's, here's the dinner that I grew and cooked for you. And also <laughs> here's uh here's the new outfit that I purchased for you with the garden money. Oh, great. But... I need warmth and sustenance for cobbling. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is he a good cobbler? I, 
I'm going to go back to that first thing. He He's definitely a, is a cobbler. He is. He is an honest cobbler. And he, he, I would like to remind you of the line, he would occasionally make new shoes if he could find a customer to trust him with shoemaking. So I'm going to assume not that great. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not the best. Uh, wife is super good at her job, though, uh, explicitly within the folktale. Not, some of yeah. it is uh, us adding to that. but <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um. She is organized, for sure. Yes. Uh, so Longnose usually went to the market to get his own ingredients when he, when he had the time to do so. Because um, he just kind of preferred to pick them out himself. His his mom's training... I believe the story actually says that his, his time with his mom had taught him a, a little bit of like quality control. Cool. Um, so one day he goes to the goose fair to get, pick up some geese. When he goes out, there's no longer any scorn or laughter because his chef reputation precedes him. Um, like everyone respects him now, uh, and he's able to get three geese that he needed in the size that he needed, and he carries them home alive in a cage on his back. Uh, two of the three geese gabbled and made normal goose noises, but one As was very do. yeah. One was very silent, except when she heaved a sigh that sounded almost human. Yeah. So he says aloud to himself, Man, this goose must be sick. I had better cook her quickly before she gets worse. Goose <laughs> sounds like a lady. <laughs> hmm. Goose like a lady. <laughs> um, so the goose answers him in a rhyme that I didn't copy because I am opposed to rhyming at all times. Um <laughs> But basically the gist of it was that she sh he shouldn't cook her or he'll regret it. Also, it is the only time this goose, like, poetries at him. So hmm. I did not feel the need to inflict that upon myself and also you, but mostly me. I mean, that's definitely a moment you want to make a lasting impression is when you want to not be cooked. Yeah. yeah. So and rhyming been, would be a good way to do it. She's been composing this poem ever since she was brought to market. <laughs> Uh, so he's, of course, astonished. He puts the goose cage down immediately. and uh, This goose has flow. <laughs> Damn, dog. This hey. goose has bars. <laughs> he kneels down and he assures her immediately, I am not going to harm such a wonderful bird like you because I just, like, how often do you meet a bird who can talk? And I would wager money that you have not always worn feathers because I myself... Had once been a squirrel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know that sounds crazy, but I'm talking to a goose, so I assume you know what this means. <laughs> I assume we understand one another. Yeah, like you're the <laughs> one person in the world who gets where I've been. Um, and uh, Goose says, oh, man, you're right. Alas, I, I, I was not always a goose. Did not always goose things. And at my birth, no one would have dared prophecy that Mimi... Daughter of the great magician Wetterbach would end her days in a duke's kitchen. Whoa. <laughs> Wetterbach. Wetterbach. Oh, man. And his daughter, Mimi. Insert any rent songs you would like to at this point. <laughs> <laughs> just just the one clip of from the movie of him singing Mimi very loudly. <laughs>
Wetterbach last name? Uh, only given name, so not sure. So can I just assume that she is Mimi Wetterbach? You can't. I guess so. I mean, I'm not sure what Germany was like in in this in the 1800s or when exactly surnames became common among ordinary folk. For a while, at least in England, surnames were really only for the landed gentry who needed to keep track of uh, who had fucked who. And who owned what. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and everyone else just got a given name. Um, but, but he's if, a wizard. He is a, well, he's a magician. He's a magician. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you want her to be Mimi Wetterbach, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue you. You won't take that from me. No. I have so little. <laughs> Mostly because I've taken so much from you. <laughs> uh, so Jacob tells her to set her mind at rest because he's going to keep her in a coop in his own apartment. Uh, he'll give her all the food that she wants and all of his spare time. Um, and the rest of of the like castle or whatever is, is just going to be told that he's fattening her up on particularly good herbs so that no one <laughs> messes with her. Uh, and this should buy this is him... a Thanksgiving goose. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this should buy him enough time to figure out how to like solve her goose situation. How to ungoose her? I was going to yeah. ask if that ever got brought up, or yeah. if he was just like, "Don't worry. Now that I know you're a person, I'll keep you as a pet." <laughs> <laughs> I've learned from the Duke. <laughs> uh, no, he's, he's going to try to ungoose this woman. <laughs> yeah, no, this is our our boy. Uh, our boy is good. Yeah, this this is all right, Dave. This is uh, this is my apology <laughs> for the story with the worst protagonist. Well, well, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't need to apologize to me, but I, I was going to remark on that that this is like violent whiplash <laughs> compared to the worst person from uh, from last time. I Dave, think you this have might... experienced heaven and hell. <laughs> yeah, because I think this might be our best for protagonist. Damn, on in in, in many ways. Yeah. Um, so he set her up in his apartment and fed her human food instead of goose food. So she gets dainty cakes and sweets. It's presumably that he cooks, so she's living the high life uh, as a goose. And he often chatted with her. Uh, like, they would just have conversations, because they have a lot in common. Um, and learned that she is the daughter of Wetterbach, who lived on the island of Gothland. Yeah. So all the hot topics. <laughs> it's it's spelled how I assume? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this magician had quarreled with a wicked fairy who had changed Mimi into a goose. Because, you know, it's folklore time. So if you're mad at somebody, you just take it out on the daughter. Because there's his property. It's fine. So Jacob also explained his own situation to her. Like, told in detail his, his story because um, he hasn't been able to tell anyone since his mom and dad beat him out of their house. Yes. And she's like, look, my dad worked in magic, and I picked up a few things. Kind of like my dad worked in IT, so I know my way around a couple computer elements just from having existed in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can roll that skill even though you're not trained in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and same's, same's true for this goose. Um, so... This whole herb situation, like, that's pinging some, some things that my dad has talked about, and I'm pretty oh, sure that okay. if you can find that exact herb, you can probably go back to normal. 
like that. So, this, so, that, so that so that part of the curse was to keep him away from what would be mm-hmm. necessary to undo her work. Yeah, like that. Mm. That uh, particular wicked fairy dots her eyes and crosses her T's. <laughs> yeah, that is also very shrewd. I appreciate a folktale where a lot of the people in it are clever. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't ever get that. <laughs> this, there's things that are weird about it, but as we're getting further into it, this actually feels like a story that someone wrote down, like, for the purpose of other people reading it. <laughs> and and that's the case, because Wilhelm Half was a, a fairy tale writer, and this is like a, sure. another um, Hans Christian Andersen kind of situation. Okay. Or Del Noir. Um that's a dangerous uh, comparison. It is, but not... I, I don't think unfair. Okay. He's a, he's a Del Noir with an eraser. <laughs> Speaking of threatening auras. That was savage. <laughs> so, Long Nose slash Jacob had no idea where to find such an herb, but he thanked her anyway. And tried to keep himself optimistic. Like this is this is still good intel. Like I, I can't mm-hmm. act on it immediately, but I really appreciate your expertise in the situation. Um, which again, like, what a good fellow this guy is. Yeah, I want him to succeed. I want him to not be a, a long nosed dwarf anymore, <laughs> and be able to talk to his mom again. You know, honestly, and we we we'll discuss this later. I I feel like even if he remained cursed he is a fellow who makes the best of his situation and i almost feel like it would be a a, a, in some ways a more accessible story if he didn't fix his his yeah uh, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it where it goes um and he can yeah he can clearly make the best of it no matter what yeah like he's got other things going on he doesn't need to be very handsome very eight years old yeah Um, and maybe he's a clever enough guy to figure out how to eventually have a relationship with his mom, even if he doesn't, yeah. uh, is not able to go back. We'll have to see. Uh, so at this time, the Duke has a visit from his prince friend. Uh-oh. Higher ranking nobility. Yep. They're buddies, but they do have some kind of dick measuring contest going on about food. Um, so <laughs> oh he sends to Long Nose and tells him, all right, here's the situation. <laughs> My friend's coming over. He lives even better than me, and we need to step it up so that he doesn't judge me. So, it probably doesn't matter. But is it made clear whether this is a prince in the sense of like the son of a king, or the prince as in like the ruler of a place? Because those I'm are a... both the both the word was used for both things. Yeah, in some places. it's not made clear. Okay, I was just curious. Because a lot of dukes are also the sons of kings. Yeah. Um, there's lower in the... the um... Right. A, a, a prince as in, like, second in line for the throne is probably yeah. a better, yeah. better way to say it. But yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's not important. I was just curious. Yeah, it does not specify. It's just duke and prince. Um, they don't get names either. Oh. Other than duke and <laughs> prince. That's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, so he says, don't ever let the same food appear twice while he's here. Ask the treasurer for as much money as you need to cook food 
uh, during his visit. Oh boy. If you if you need to baste your roasts with gold and diamonds, do so. I would sooner beggar myself than blush for the quality of my food. Bankrupt me. It's worth it. <laughs> like you don't Damn. understand. <laughs> this how, is hardcore. <laughs> how intense the judgment this man can put on me is. <laughs> He's been training his whole life for this moment. Uh, so during the prince's visit, Longnose exerted all of his skill, worked extremely hard, spent a lot of money. He did not spare any expenses, <laughs> and he did a great job. Like, freaking amazing. As we knew he would. Uh, at the end of his of the prince's visit, he's called in to talk with the prince directly. And the prince praises him, says he's surprised, like, it's it's been great, wonderful, your food's incredible. I'm surprised you've not tempted our appetites with the queen of all dainties, the suzerain pasty. Uh-oh, this sounds like a trap. Uh, so Longnose is upset, because he's never even heard of this pasty. And he is an extremely well-trained pastry chef. Absolutely. Uh, but he hides this because he's talking to royalty, and he is an intelligent person. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't show weakness to royalty, because they are like rabid dogs. <laughs> um, so he makes the excuse that he had hoped the prince would honor them with his presence for a while yet, and thus the, the, the delay, because, you know, how... What better parting greeting? Can't get better than that, right? That pastry I definitely know about. Yeah, can't start with a showstopper. <laughs> and the Duke is like his curiosity's peaked here. He's like, Man, I assume you're waiting for me to leave the world forever for this parting greeting because I haven't even heard of this pasty. Shut up, Duke. <laughs> Dude, just be cool. Cool it. I think Doctor, Duke's do- Doctor Strings. <laughs> <laughs> the Duke's like now suspicious that the the um the chef's holding out on him. Mm. Like I, you're making me look a fool in front of the prince. No There's one's no happy. Winning. No one's no happy in here. this situation. No. <laughs> uh, so he says, "This Give prince it. has fucked up everyone's day just because he could." <laughs> yeah, and that's and that is a hundred percent royalty from everything we have ever read. The nature, and of also princes. that includes his own day. <laughs> He just wanted to start having a bad day, so he did. Yep. <laughs> some some people be like that. <laughs> some people be like that. <laughs> we, we've not seen any wealthy people be like that recently. <laughs> Repeatedly. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, the Duke's like, give it me. Give it me for breakfast immediately tomorrow. So Longnose agrees because you don't have another option Mm-mm. when you're in an audience with a prince and a duke who employ you. Um, and then he goes to his room and weeps a little bit until the goose like gets out of him what's going on. And then it's like, oh, no, I can help you with that. My dad actually had that dish quite a lot. Um, oh, my God. It's it's real? Yeah, it's a real dish. <laughs> I genuinely did not expect that. I thought the prince just made something up Yeah, no to, 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 to create a no-win situation for him. She, uh, she explains that like it's it does have a, a lot of really hard to find elements to it, like things that wouldn't be common here. Um, but I know the taste well enough that I can help you get something that's going to be very very close. 
like you'll you'll be able to to flub it um with the ingredients you do have that's a that's a that's a a, a powerful gambit yeah well for the duke at least he doesn't even know what it is so you could serve him fucking anything that's true yeah, yeah. Um, so he makes a delicious pasty following the goose's instructions, and he serves it to them the next morning. And the duke is, of course, like, fuck yeah, this is the shit. This is the best fucking pasty. I'm like, what the hell? You man? have been holding out on me. <laughs> and, the, and the prince eats it, and he, like, pushes it away from him a little bit. He's like, yeah, it's excellent. But it's not the suzerain. <gasps> oh. The duke immediately changes his whole opinion because someone else has had a different one around him who's more powerful than he is and we know who the duke is yeah <laughs> i can't duke even who, I, I, I can't even people. blame him <laughs> the, the duke is saying this is amazing this is excellent is what i would have said if it didn't suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he immediately changes his tune he reddens with anger he calls uh Jacob, a dog of a dwarf, and threatens to have his head chopped off for bad cookery. <laughs> Holy shit. Which the... is a law now. I'm writing it down right now. And in the prince di- didn't even in... say it was bad. He like, in... said it was excellent, just wasn't the thing. In this dukedom, that counts as fraud. <laughs> yeah, you have been tried for fraud and treason. <laughs> For serving a pastry that is close, but not quite the thing that we asked for. I've decided that I'm willing to live the rest of my life without your food because you served me something a little bit different than what I thought it would be. Jesus Christ. Please, please bookmark this in your memories. Oh, God. The dwarf trembles. Is, and... that, an, is that an X mark? <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a warning. Mm-hmm. The deuce. Duke trembles, or the dwarf trembles, and he says, I- I've made it according to all the rules of the art of cookery. Uh, everything I've learned as a pastry chef. Um, and the Duke kicks him in the middle of his excuses, because if it was right, my guests wouldn't say it was wrong. There are people like this. This is so true to a character. <laughs> <laughs> so Lone Nose begs for his life and to know what it was he missed exactly. I've been in these work situations. <laughs> oh. It's it's not good. Um, so the prince smiles like a snake, I assume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he says, it will be of little assistance. I knew you couldn't make this pastry as well as my own cook does, because it requires an herb that does not grow in this country. Oh. So the he herb- was set up to fail. Yeah. Yes. But... Because of a dick measuring contest between these two people about who gets the better food, and I, th- I think because this this fellow cooked so well, the prince is like getting a little bit miffed because he's being shown up, and he's like, "Well, yeah. I'll, I'll see what we can do about it." That's never explained or justified in the story. That's just my assumption of what's going on. Um. So the herb in uh, the radical form of the story is known as the cook's delight in cool. the business version of the story it is called um the borage Basil. and it's, it's an actual what? plant borage which is a, a name for a, a plant called starflower hmm. which is a, a real herb that can be used in cooking um it's tree stars yes yeah, it's tree stars <laughs> <laughs> and uh, wow. Kid Chaos, uh, Piss Baby or Bus, uh, 
explain that in the original German, it's called sneeze with pleasure. Um, is that a good thing? It uh, elicited a, a lot of conversation in the Discord. That's <laughs> yeah, that a feels different. Like a, that's, that's a complicated a, uh, set of emotions to experience. That, that's a different podcast. <laughs> That's the that's the folklore after hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that's our situation with this herb. Um, but without it, the pa- pastry is practically tasteless, and the Duke wow. will never eat it with the same pleasure that I can in my own country. Okay, he can go there and eat it then. <laughs> yeah, we we have just found the story's biggest dick. Yeah. So the Duke is having none of the stupid pastry pissing contest, and he declares that he will taste the pastry as the prince is accustomed to having it, or Jacob's head will pay for the blunder. Okay, so buy me some, idiot. He has 24 hours. You need to supply me with the ingredients. <laughs> he has 24 hours to figure this out all by himself. <sighs> wow. So the dwarf goes to his room, and he shares his grievances with the goose. And the goose fortunately knows every herb that grows. Damn. She's a walking herb encyclopedia. Hell yeah. She maybe was turned into a goose when she tried to sell encyclopedias to that witch. Oh, okay. Who An encyclopedia, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, lucky she knows every herb that grows. She can find it. It's also lucky that it's a new moon tonight because this particular plant only grows then. I looked up the barrage and that's, I don't believe true of it. Um, <laughs> And also, do you know if there are any ancient chestnut trees nearby? Well, there do happen to be ancient chestnut (laughs) trees nearby. Define ancient. (laughs) Older than eight years old. Um, Oh, man. And that's good because the herb is also only found at the root of a very old chestnut tree on a new moon, which is tonight. Phew. This was a fortuitous 24 hours to get. Yeah. Uh, so he puts the goose under his arm and goes marching out to go collect some herbs. <laughs> no one questions. It's a good uh, image. Until he gets to the gate and he's stopped by the sentry who has been told that he cannot let Long Nose out of the house. I'm sorry, I have orders to specifically bar you from leaving. Your time is pretty much up. Like, All right, the, the Duke is complicit at this point. <laughs> yeah, the, the Duke yeah. has decided that you're going to die tomorrow. Um, yes. So I can't do this. And... Longnose argues, surely I can go to the garden to get the damn herbs that I need to cook this thing. Um, so they, like, confer with people and permission is granted because the garden walls are high enough that they don't think he can escape from it. Mm. So, kind of a, a pointless obstacle, all told, but it does kind of tell <laughs> us where the Duke's head is at, and it's still a little bit of good character moment for Jacob. Uh, so he follows the goose through the garden, having made up his mind that he's just going to drown himself in the lake that's there if he can't find the herb. Uh, she's having trouble locating it. She's checking out all these chestnuts in this grove by the lake and is just not finding hide nor hair of this particular herb. But she refuses to give up until the evening is fully fallen and it, she cannot see anymore. As they're about to abandon the search, uh, he notices another huge chestnut tree just kind of off by itself on the other side of the lake. Uh, so they go over there, and it's really hard to see, but the goose does find an herb and then sees that there are quite a few of them growing around. She's like, you've got enough to cook whatever you want. we got two good protagonists here. Yeah. 
I really like Goose Jacob. Like, I ship him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and this happens to, of course, be the same herb the witch had. He recognizes it immediately when she hands it to him. It's got the same smell, same color. So he says, hey, uh, I think this is the thing. Should I try it? And she says, no, 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 not yet. Um, do take a handful with you. Uh, and then we're going to go back to your room. We're going to collect all of your money and your possessions. Then we'll try it. So we're not going to do that out here. <laughs> That's a smart goose. Yes. So he goes up there, he packs his shit, and he huffs some of the herb, and he does in fact turn back to his former form, former form, but probably now as a full-grown 17-year-old. Oh, snap. Because he was 15, and he's worked here two years, so he's 17 now. And the goose looks him up and down and is like, damn. Damn, dwarf. <laughs> is he a straight hottie? He is, and he is, of course, a straight hottie. Absolutely. Uh, so he wants to go to his parents, but he does also owe this bird his whole life. Uh, so he says, okay, you have saved me, and so before I do anything else, I'm going to go figure out where your father is, because he's a magician, mm. he should be able to fix you. And she's like, really? Oh man, that would be the best. That's awesome. Please, thank you. <laughs> I would for sure love that. <laughs> yeah. God so they, they just ditched the duke. He puts the goose yeah, back him. under his arm. He get, takes all his stuff and he walks out. And the sentry doesn't bother him because the sentry has only been told to borrow the dwarf from leaving. Not a not a handsome teenage stranger. Yeah. Carrying a bag and a goose. And a goose. <laughs> no questions. Like, I, have a I good mean, night, what, sir. I mean, what what would you say <laughs> if you saw that? Yeah, just like a guy with a goose under his arm. Well, the dwarf came out with a goose under his arm, but still. I guess that's true. Yeah, like you see the dwarf, then you see this guy. It's like, nope, all everything seems fine here. I'm not nice paid goose. enough for this Have shit. Have a good one. <laughs> um, like when you sneak food into a, a movie theater, most of the time <laughs> you're not that sneaky, and the employees don't care. Um, so. They make it to the seashore. We we get summer. We don't get that journey. Um, they just go there, and I assume a ship's involved because the next thing is soon her home's in sight. Like I guess Wilhelm got tired of writing at this point because <laughs> like we're not even actually summarizing anything. It's like they're at the seashore. Now they're at the <laughs> island, and, and then they're not. They fast travel. Yeah, <laughs> they found a way shrine. Um, so. Uh, they they make it to Gothland. Wetterbach turns the goose back into a charming young lady. He gives Jacob a lot of gifts to <laughs> There's thank not him. Even a... No struggle there either. Yeah, it's super easy, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> they get there and it's done. Well, he's yep. an incredible magician. Yeah, he's great at it. Uh, and then they bade him farewell. <laughs> I'm glad we took this detour. Jacob goes home. He reunites with his parents, and they're like, well, you're handsome now, so you might as well be our son. <laughs> oh, boy. With uh, the money he had saved up from his job with the Duke and uh, the, the gifts from the magician, he had enough to buy uh, his own shop. And he becomes very rich and lives quite happily. I assume his mom helps manage the shop. I don't know <laughs> if it's a cook shop or what, but... There's there's a few different things they could do at this point. I feel like yeah, the, and manage the successfully. Are open. Maybe it, maybe it is a pasty shop. He can make this mm -hmm. pastry. 
Um, just just trumpet as loudly as possible to everyone that he can make the 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 suzerain pastry. <laughs> just yeah. fuck you. Yeah, it's it's the picture he hangs outside the door. At right. His ye old huddle house. On the menu. Um So that's that's it for Jacob. But meanwhile, his disappearance from the Duke's palace caused a big problem. Uh-oh. I'm not going to let that thread dangle. No, because the, the Duke couldn't deliver either the promised breakfast or the head of the dwarf. And the prince wanted one of those because it was promised. And we like when you're royalty and you hear of a thing, you do want it or somebody's <laughs> head. That's the option. Coat or head, pastry or head, cool rock or head, like whatever you hear of. Someone and dies this or point, you get it. <laughs> at this point, I don't even care whose head. Just a head. So the prince accused the duke of allowing the dwarf to escape so that the duke wouldn't lose such a splendid cook. Because the prince, the prince is very much of the, the childish mindset of I can't have it, no one can. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you're, if your dwarf is going to cook better than my cook, then I'm going to make sure that he dies. <laughs> so that you don't continue eating better than me. Oy. Um, which is the this is as as you stated earlier the most folk tale or fairy tale of fairy tales. <laughs> this would also be a One Piece character's backstory. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the Duke had broken his word to the prince, and they fought so badly over the right to murder a man for not cooking a dish that required a non-native herb to uh, to create correctly uh, that a war ensued. What? <laughs> So, ding, 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 Tyler, winner of last week. Actually, both of you won, but Tyler did win with the... No, no Tyler, Tyler's win is much more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, so, ding, ding, ding for war. Um, so, a lot of people die over this <laughs> this pastry. It's known and what, the, a, what a cause to die for. It is known <laughs> in the histories of these lands as the Herb War. <laughs> That that makes it sound more dignified than it is. Yeah, because it started as the pastry war, and then everyone felt a little bad about how uh, needless the loss of life was. Jesus and when the, the when peace was finally declared, it was called the pasty peace. All right, that's pretty good. At the reconciliation feast, the prince's cook served suzerain pasty, to which the duke did full justice. Like, yeah, you're right, Prince. This is rad as hell. And I love this pastry. (laughs) (laughs) And that like, I'm sure that that makes all the families, the people killed in this war, feel so much better that the pasty was, in fact, quite delicious. (laughs) Guys, you don't get it. This is so good. (laughs) This tastes so good. I was, for some reason, my my brain just started bottling like like telling this story in like an ethics class <laughs> and trying to say like you know knowing that it caused a war should the dwarf and the goose have escaped? <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord.
that is the tale of the dwarf long nose as sourced from fairytales.com and fairytales.biz. And you know what? It was pretty radical. It was <laughs> it was one of the more radical tales we've ever told. Um with truly the the best protagonist, I yeah. think. I can't think of a, a protagonist who has been like uniformly better than this one. And a lot of the time in in folk tales, the uh, the protagonists who are good people are like really dumb or slow, yeah. and and like that's supposed to be part of their virtuousness that they're simple or humble or something mm-hmm. like that. But no, fuck that. We got um we got our <laughs> our man here. Yeah, and a very clever goose. Yes, um, and I think that there's some there's some things that we could do with this story to tie it into the the folklore or story. Right. Yeah. Because uh, we have an extremely clever, magically inclined bird woman. Right. With a magician father, we could possibly argue this as a bony daughter. I'm I'm not I'm not an expert on these things. I'm not I'm not up on this. It's not there's not as much strong evidence. No, there's no golden apple. No, there's no golden apple that we're after. She doesn't marry this man. Yeah. Which like on its own I think is an interesting thing to note in this tale is that they don't get together at the end. Mhm. And that's highly unusual. It is. It's it's simultaneously like you know, a breath of fresh air, but also because it's these two, it's actually kind of disappointing. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it is It is maybe one of the most frustrating moments of this happening, because it is really great that that they're just friends who get it, because they've both been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and who are both very clever and help each other out of a bad situation. Like, this is an extremely equitable relationship. Which right. makes it one of the few ones that I could ship very right. well. <laughs> that would actually be legit. Um, so yeah, that's it's it's frustrating and also great. Like I, I love that they didn't get together, but also in the fanfic I would write of this, they absolutely mm-hmm. do. They 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 deserve it. Yeah, like they seem like at the very least they seem like they would be close friends. Like maybe they're both ace and they're just not into yeah. that ace arrow. Um, but yeah. they like maintain a pin pal relationship they come visit each other all the time yeah the uh the uh you know and you know having um i hope she becomes a magician too yeah for sure i mean she seems like she is pretty clever about it or at least if she's not a a magician herself like maybe she can still use those those sideline skills yeah she can like she she does her own thing that she wants to do but they the magician knowledge still comes and helps her out a little bit uh, like maybe she just wants to be a doctor, but her magician mm-hmm. herb knowledge is is really helpful supplementary to that. Sure. I don't. There's there's a lot more meat in this tale than we usually ever get. And it's also it, it's also meat. interesting. It's also inter- right exactly. It's also interesting that the witch never shows up again. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like I'd love to see more of her. Like what a fascinating situation she's got going on. Yeah, <laughs> the re- it's. The time he spends with the witch does not represent a shift in tone for the entire story. Like, mm-hmm. that happens, and then it goes back to something that's, like, a little more grounded if it didn't have this bonkers backstory leading up to it. 
and I which love is, it, like, which is interesting. Yeah, and it and makes they, it feel genuinely magical and spooky. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and the fact that they acknowledge the bonkers backstory thing by the f- fact that he has to sanitize his history right. to the Duke, um, and then that it becomes a a relevant point of connection with him and the goose person is actually like very. I, I, sophisticated. I, I was hoping. I was hoping we would find out that uh, that the goose was turned into a goose by the same witch, and maybe I... after the, and maybe after they both get out and they both get untransformed, they go looking for her. They go looking for some payback. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they go beat that, some witch ass. Yeah, that'd be a great sequel. To Hell this. yeah! Like this has so much meat on it. Like, this is one that I would I would consider retelling. I think at some point when I finish the current novel draft and the other one that I have to write after this and the one that needs to edit, be edited. Interesting. Um. And because the, actually, I mean, that's also the reality is that I think I think this, this story is too good for this show. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um. And you say that with all of the the love in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, this this show is for is for trash. Yeah, I, I say I say that with no respect bullshit. for our show in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> like this, this is the I am, I am impressed with Wilhelm Hoff, and I am interested yeah. to read other things that he has written in this vein. Uh, I don't know why his name's not better known, because this is better structured than any Hans Christian Andersen we've read. <laughs> um, and I, I also genuinely enjoy the Hans Christian Andersen tales, like. Mm-hmm. getting suggested uh the garden of paradise was uh one of one of my favorite suggestions i've received on this show just because i i genuinely really love how that story was told mm-hmm. um and i also love don noir the white cat which we've not read on this yet because i'm saving it is oh. my favorite fairy tale um, really yeah I, like before i knew it was don noir that was my favorite fairy tale um and it still is after knowing that apparently uh, it's it's definitely up there i'm not sure if it has maintained its position if it holds position yeah but like at least prior to the show that was the top one um and the fact that i have not heard of wilhelm hoff before now is shocking to me after reading this because no. this is genuinely a, a really wonderful story How, how's his uh how's the last name spelled H A U F F. Wilhelm Hoff, there he is. Poet. Google calls him. Hmm. And he was only 24. Like, he died really young. And. Yeah. This and is. Appar- apparently wrote uh, most of his, his fairy tales, like, for the kids of his employer. Mm hmm. So it's. it's reminiscent of of lord of the rings almost (laughs) yeah yeah that's interesting um he apparently was pretty much self-taught in the library of his grandfather yeah for someone who's good at creative writing that's no surprise yeah he should learn from books yeah um but yeah, like I am, I am genuinely. Well, now we have to check out memoirs of Beelzebub. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also, I, I would love to read the tale of the ghost ship, um, oh, man. or the story of Little Muck, like that. <laughs> Apparently, these are still very popular in actual German-speaking countries. Um, mm-hmm. But I hope well, there good. are more 
like good translations of them into English because what a delight. <laughs> what a hero. What a what a champion. Um so thank you, Kid Chaos, Piss Baby, or Bust. You didn't get the title you wanted for that story, but <laughs> we are forever in your debt for introducing us to Wilhelm. Something to is... actually be thankful for this Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, f- I feel very warm and fuzzy after this tale, even if there was a war over pastry that ended it. But, like that, that in itself is also just delightful and so folktale. <laughs> and it's so bizarre. Like this, this story is like the wholesome encapsulation of all the the dumb bullshit we've read on this show over the years. I don't know. I like it a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Hopefully this makes up for the worst protagonist we've ever read <laughs> and the exhaustion that was inflicted upon you both with our last tale. No, I, I again, I'm actively energized by this kind of content. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I just, I, I eat trash. <laughs> uh, so thank you again, Kid Chaos, for suggesting this tale. Thank you to everyone who listened through it. Um, thank you to the uh, patrons of the show who help keep us going. And thank you, of course, to our top-tier patrons, Five-Headed Snake God, Allison, Frog Whisperer, Lucky, Spider in a Frying Pan, Heerius, Midori, Becca, Lobster No Longer, The New and Improved Haley, Thimbles are Stitcher's Best Friend, Awkward, Project Bird Fall Informant, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spaghetti Crump crump You With... God, so close. Spaghetti Crump With You, Sweetie Pie. One... (laughs) One day. <laughs> One day. It's not this day. Uh, Caitlin, Danielle, a feral fae fighting the urge to hibernate. Your girl, Owen, Ali, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, Vespadesu, versus Keeper of Too Many OCs, Pyrus, Jessica, Nathan the Scott, Millipedish, What the Folklore is Filmed in Front of a Live Studio Dave, Maya, High Listus of Limbus, Tennis Killed the Dinosaurs, A Dubious Little Creature, Haley Prime, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Izzy, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thanks. We're what the folklore. That's how it works. I hope so. Happily ever after. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.